0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie, and I'm Emory. And as usual, we have a special guest today. Emery, would you like to introduce our guest?
1: I guess I'll introduce the I mean, I can guest. make stuff
0: up if you want, but yeah,
1: okay. What would you say?
0: Um, I would say Carly Phelps is an accountant. Correct. No, because um, she has a shirt with a fancy little tie on it. And she is from Missouri. Mm. Missouri, as your people say. (laughs) Honestly, that's pretty spot on. Yeah?
1: This is my friend Carly. She's an accountant from Missouri. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) (laughs) No, this is Carly. Uh, She is an attorney Mm
0: -hmm.
1: here in Louisville. She practices law here in Louisville. And we met one year ago around this time through a program called the New Leaders Council. We were fellows at the New Leaders Council, which trains progressive leaders for the future, because that's what we are, apparently. are <laughs> cool. they sponsoring and, this? Yeah, they're sponsoring this. <laughs> <laughs> and Carly is wonderful, and she's coming on the show today to talk about all of her feelings and emotions oh my
0: gosh (laughs) we've edited her and she's sad enough to be on the show so
1: yeah did she reach the sad level that we're looking for and she did she surpassed it really so she's quite sad wow
2: thank you guys so much what an introduction (laughs) i don't know i'm worried though you don't look that sad so oh i am have had years and years of practice
0: of hiding this ad that's good that
1: sounds good to me checks out okay
0: yeah that checks out okay so business
1: business yeah we've introduced our guests we have to go straight to business so you're listening to two nuts in a pod on 106.5 forward radio you can listen to us anytime at forwardradio.org you can also find us on streaming services apple podcast google play soundcloud Castbox. <laughs> i was yeah. mixing some of the names together you can also find us on social media platforms there's instagram two nuts in a pod with the number two Two Nuts in a Pod. And then there's Facebook, which is a little more formal, and that's Two Nuts in a Pod with the number two spelled out T W O, Two Nuts in a Pod. You can also email us anytime, day or night, 24 hours a day at in a Podcast at gmail.com. We will respond in a timely fashion somewhere between one and 100 days.
0: Yeah. Or one of our interns will get it.
1: Yeah. We have about 15 interns. Is that right?
0: Yeah. Last time I counted, I 15. I don't remember or their names, but yeah, they're usually
1: the ones that take care of those emails for us, and they'll
0: just sign our name and whatever. Yeah. It's perfect. We're a big operation, really big. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So 15 interns. So one of our interns will respond to you in a timely fashion. So feel free to email us anytime about anything,
0: literally anything. Ideas for the show, um, any, you know, tell Emery that he's awesome, whatever. I need that. I need some
1: validation in my life. (laughs) That
0: you like his clothes that he wears on the show, like his teddy bear sweatshirt today.
1: Yeah. So I was a little, you know, today is Super Bowl Sunday. And so I decided to wear a sports shirt, and my sports shirt is a red sweatshirt with a teddy bear hugging a ball that says Louisville, and I, I guess it's a basketball, so I figured that's the perfect shirt to wear for a Super Bowl party Yeah, is a teddy bear holding or hugging a basketball that says Louisville.
0: Yeah, basketballs.
1: Yeah. So I'm really really excited about the sports thing today. So I just want
2: to be clear. I'm looking at the shirt right now, and it is in no way the logo of U of L basketball or any kind of NCAA thing. Oh, was that an
0: off brand purchase? All right. First of all, you didn't get by that at the Louisville store, did you? First of all, it was a gift,
1: thank you very much, that I received from a friend several years ago because I'm a big sports ball fan. Mm. And they said, you need this shirt, and I don't need you all judging me, all right? Carly, we invited you on the <laughs> show. We can kick you out. You I know? thought
2: this was like a fashion show where we talked about each other's outfits. Oh, was yeah. I here just
1: under post are we just hurt each other's
0: feelings. I'm basically wearing a pidge outfit, but it passes as clothes. Looks cozy. Yeah. Just some leggings and a oversized pink sweatshirt.
1: Hmm. Well, it's not on theme with sports today, so.
0: Yeah, I try not to be too enthusiastic about sporting events, but I will watch the Super Bowl today. But we're gonna have our own kind of Puppy Bowl because our dog has a play date with a little tiny, baby corgi. Oh, oh. that's I love that. The corgi's like three months old. <laughs>
1: And their puppy. Uh, well, you're all. It's not.
0: Phoebe's... She's officially. She's a grown up now. She's over a year old now. Oh yeah, she's an adult. Um,
1: she so just looks like a puppy. Phoebe is so wonderful. Whenever I see her, she's just so pumped up to see me. Which mm. I no one in my life is ever that excited to see me. So just having that dog, just it's a lot of validation and satisfaction for That's me. That's the
2: beauty of dogs. I mean, I know we just yeah. met, but if you could invite me over soon, preferably when the corgi puppy's there, that'd be great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Corgi puppies are amazing. They're so they're just so like ridiculous. Yeah, they, they look like they were just bred in a lab for cuteness, almost to the point that it's like not even functional. It's like <laughs> the puppy like kind of walks funny because <laughs> yeah. it's like their legs are so short and their paws are so big yeah. and their they bodies just make look make like no teddy sense. bears.
2: Oof.
1: But Carly, you're a cat owner.
2: I want to clear something up while we're on the record over here. Okay. I am a cat owner, but I'm a dog person. Okay. Oh. So you I go both
0: ways. That's how I am.
2: Yeah. But at the time being, I do have two cats, which are much easier to care for in my small downtown apartment. And my parents uh, have my dog. So I can just kind of between the houses become a dog person or a cat person 100%. Wow. Nice. So.
0: I was like thir- fully a cat person for my whole life. Like my parents had had cats. Um, my, I mean, my dad had cats, and I had cats, and like a lot of cats. Like at one point, we had four cats. Oh, yeah. um, Now we have three. Yes, yeah, so we have three cats and one dog. Mm. How is Lloyd, Emery?
1: uh first of all his name is floyd <laughs> <This> is <laughs> so close floyd. so yeah we're all cat owners here so if you're a dog owner i guess well no you're a dog owner too so dog owners can listen to the show but we are all cat owners and i have floyd who i've had for he's been with me for a little over a month and he's fantastic
2: we call him f floyd that's F- don't. Yeah, we don't call him that. First initial F. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Let's title that. That's Let's just show title right there. We call him out. F. Lloyd. We call him F.
1: Lloyd. <laughs> we'll
2: take that out in a post uh, production. Yes.
1: So we've gone through business. Now we have to go to our first segment. Yes. Which is, how are you doing, or how are you for real? Yeah. And Lizzie, can you explain?
0: That. Yeah, so how are you for real is when we we ask our guests and, and each other how we're doing, and we don't just want, like, the BS answers. We don't want you to just say, like, fine or great. I'm good. Yeah. Like, that's just you – know, that's what be- – society has trained us to say and most of the time especially right now during COVID it's like a lot of people aren't doing okay but also like if you are doing okay just tell me a little bit about why tell me why things are going so great like we actually want to know how you're doing
2: yeah if you're happy like tell me that secret
0: yeah I want to (laughs) know Please, <laughs> give me give some like of that. Me. Yes. Is it in a pill form? <laughs> Can I take it? any of
2: have that figured out, yeah, please write into the
0: show soon. <laughs> yeah. So how are you for real? So I'll start with Emery. Emery, how are you for real? I am
1: a little anxious because today, so I, I'm usually, you know, I'm a very productive person. And if I don't feel productive, I feel useless so mm-hmm. that's a great feeling to have and today i didn't feel very productive i felt kind of lazy you know just doing my thing but the one thing i did do which made me feel good was i am a relatively new homeowner and i did a little online shopping for my house Ooh. i bought a hallway runner rug mm-hmm. and it's, it's so like fancy. it's like 19 feet long Cause that hallway is so freaking long. Mm. So I bought a big old rug and I bought little soap dispensers for the kitchen area. So when you, you know, it's not just like one of those soap things you buy at the at Kroger. Mm, no, it's of course it's, it's not. like a fancy dispenser. And I bought a new front rug for the front doorway. And
0: <laughs> look at Holly home. Are you getting ready here? to have a housewarming party? Cause I still haven't seen your house.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, pressure's eventually. on. Pressure's now it's
0: on. now it's on the radio. And I
1: bought a little dresser to store some of my clothes cuz I didn't like how the laundry room cuz the laundry room is laundry room, my uh what is it called? closet. <laughs> what is that word? <laughs> it's a closet. <laughs> laundry room closet and it's where Floyd takes his peas and dumps. And so I was like, all Very right, important I need I need, to, and I need to work this room out a little bit. So I've done some work there. So I feel pretty good. So I felt pretty good about that. And so that was good. But I felt a little anxious because I didn't do enough today. And it feels productive because I'm very much like, hmm, I've got my little check off to do list. Check this, check that. And if I don't do that, I'm like, I just feel worthless. So trying to battle against that. But overall, feel pretty good. I, uh, yeah, so I guess I guess I'm a little anxious, but I think I feel pretty good.
0: What it's, if, it's useful to be restful as well. That's what Sundays are all about. I did rest and I ate some pizza. See, there you go. Add
2: those two things to your checklist. Rest, check. Mm-hmm. Ate pizza, check. <laughs> there what? you go. You're very productive. <laughs> I'm so productive. I've done that
0: before where I add something to a list yeah. that wasn't originally on it, but just because I did it yep. and I wanted to check something off. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no. I, I did do one of the things. I did something productive. Okay. Well, I
1: guess I will add those to my checklist. Yeah. And you know what? It's a successful day. Yeah. I rested and I ate some pizza.
0: Mm, proud of you.
1: What a what a day. Mm-hmm. Wow
0: yeah and it's it's also good to sometimes lean the way that you aren't normally like if you're normally somebody who's like a taskmaster, to like sometimes try something different
1: it's so difficult for me i am i love little task and little check off to-do list like i love it yeah it's just it's yeah so it's weird for me not to do that but i guess it's it's okay you know yeah thanks carly and lizzie for helping me through
0: that. yeah welcome. everybody gets a, it's a day off or several days It's COVID time, so really.
1: That's true. We should be none of us are being that productive. Yeah, we should be forgiving of ourselves and gentle with ourselves because. And yeah, it's really, who cares that I, you know, am productive in those ways? Yeah, I'll take eating pizza and resting.
2: Oh my God, look how yeah. much you've changed since the start of this conversation. Are you guys going to fix my problems when it's my turn?
1: <laughs> I feel like I've really grown. We'll try. I we'll try. Honestly, within yeah. a span of a couple minutes, I've grown as a person. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what we do for you, Carly. Oh my God, I'm so- yeah, <laughs> You'll just be exciting. crying in five minutes. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Sobbing uncontrollably.
0: That's our goal, make every guest cry. No. Yeah. My yeah. goal is try not to cry right now in my life. <laughs>
1: So Lizzie
0: <laughs> let me tell you how I am um, so I'm still still quitting smoking um, i've I've got maybe like I've got three weeks left on the patch um, and my trick for quitting smoking is to smoke cigarettes sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> my husband and I are quitting together and uh every once in a while if we're just having a really rough day we'll like buy an emergency pack and it'll be like so we just kind of ask each other it's like uh can we have a cigarette right now it's like okay so it'll maybe be like a cigarette or if it's a particularly rough day like two or three but it's like it's still working for us because it's like we've only in the i guess Five weeks that we've been quitting, we've only bought two packs.
2: Hmm. That's so yeah, better than before.
0: Yeah, and I'm not really like abstinence only with quitting stuff because I think sometimes you make the thing too big in your head. And with the patch, it's not as fun smoking because it like it can make you a little dizzy and it just it doesn't taste as good anymore hmm. after you're like not really a smoker. So I'm still going going strong in my own way on that and uh, still going off of the mood stabilizers. And that has just been crazy. Like, um, I'm going off of geodone. So public service announcement, geodone is very hard to go off of. Um, When I first decreased, I was having, like, panic attacks. And so my prescriber tried to, like, take me off of it faster. And I'm not having panic attacks now, but I'm having this cool, fun thing where it's, like, every other day I'm almost, like, manic. And then... The next day, I'm, like, super depressive, super anxious, not panic attack level, but just, like, don't know what to do with myself, uncomfortable in my own skin. Um, So, yeah, that's just been really taking over my whole life right now. I've actually taken some time off of work because, like, work stuff was really triggering my anxiety. It's weird that, like, I think... Because my moods are fluctuating so dramatically, it keeps tri- triggering my anxiety because I'm like, oh, my God, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Like, why do I feel so bad right now? Why do I feel so good right now? And so I I took several days off last week, and I'm taking off this next entire week. Good for you. And I have plenty of PTO, um, and so it was just kind of the decision I need to, needed to make Because it was just with my social anxiety, work stuff that I had coming up was really stressing me out. And I was like, right now, my only job is to get off of this pill. Mm -hmm. And anything I do that is in service of that, I feel good about. So on the days that I feel good, I'm trying to be as productive as I can. um, So that on the days I feel bad, I can just like watch 30 Rock and pet my dog and cry. Just... My husband just has just been watching me have total meltdowns. And he's cool. He studied social work, so not a lot of stuff freaks him out. Um, so he's always kind of like, he's good about knowing the right thing to say to kind of bring me down. Plus, he's just been taking care of me, like making sure I eat. Mm-hmm. it's
1: good to eat. Yeah.
0: You need to eat to live, I hear. That's word on the street. So he's been making sure of that. But I've had the thought several times that like, I, I think I would have had to check in to like um like, an inpatient facility if I didn't have him because I just, on some days, I'm just not able to feed myself right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought about it even to take the burden off my husband, but then I was like, I'm super codependent with him, and I'm like, I don't think I could be... I think I would actually be my anxiety would be more triggered in an inpatient situation, especially during covid where you're like kind of closed in your room. And Mm. yeah, um, but it just reminds me that, like, I am so like all of us are not far away from like a debilitating mental illness episode that, you know, could really interrupt your life. And like whenever I see someone who's homeless, who clearly has a mental illness, I think about that. I'm like, I I could I could get to that point like that could happen to me. And so it's just another reason to like empathize with people. It's like it can get really bad and it's no one's fault. And it you just have to I'm just taking it day by day right now and trying to stay sane. I've been journaling
1: i like that you took the initiative to take off work i mean you recognize the patterns you recognize what was happening and you said you know i need time for myself here so i think that's really important to do that self-healing and self-care there so that's that's really admirable that you did that and then the cigarette thing i mean i think that's great the fact that i mean even smoking just a few here and there it's like you're giving yourself some grace and some forgiveness there and that makes sense Because so many times we try to just do this all in. Mm -hmm. And then when we're not all in, we beat ourselves up for not being 100% successful or whatever. And that just seems so detrimental. So I think it's really smart what you all are doing. And then you have each other to hold each other accountable and, you know, give each other grace and forgiveness there, too. And be like, hey, like, we're here together for each other, but we're not going to, like, beat each other up about this. So, and, you know, absence-only stuff never works anyway. So we've kind of learned that.
2: Yeah. I love something that I heard from both of you, which was kind of like changing the target um given reasonable expectations like you know Emery, if you're not going to be productive every day we can change the target to making a day where you're taking care of yourself and resting and you know eating pizza that's great Mm -hmm. and it's you know also what i heard from you it's that some days the goal is to go to work other days change the goal like we're not going to work today the goal is to survive and eat something at least once a day Mm -hmm. and i think that's a really good thing to be self-aware about even when you are feeling not like your best self that if we're putting the target at a reasonable place we're more
0: likely to get there man that's so true do you want to be a permanent installment on our show carly because okay fine you're really like you're like making me feel so good right now i'm like (laughs) I'll, I'll call you tomorrow when sure. I'm a train wreck. Sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just cry like, ah, tell me what I'm doing right today. <laughs> What's
1: the goal today, Carly?
0: <gasps> What's my target?
1: <laughs> so, Carly, how mm. are you for real?
0: For real. Uh,
2: no one ever asked me this, by the way. This is like the first time that somebody's ever been like, tell us for real how you are. I guess my therapist does, but otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, I have been really anxious prepping for this show. I'm excited to be here and be a guest with you all. But uh, just kind of, first of all, because it's the first time I've ever, like, talked to people other than my close friends and family about my feelings. (laughs) And uh, also just thinking about, you know. What could I say? What do I want to be into the universe? What is gonna be too much? What's gonna be hard but good in the end? And so yeah, kind of spending some time this week uh, brainstorming on on this show has really brought up a lot for me. Um, I had a really bad day Wednesday. I had uh, to take the afternoon off work and was having kind of a uh, panic attack And ended up, I ended up like feeling like I had to get out of my apartment and walked outside and I ended up, my parents, I live over downtown and my parents live kind of on the far end of the highlands. I ended up walking all the way to my parents' house, Wow! which was just like a a real journey of like, am I okay? Yeah. What's going on? And so, yeah, so that was the, that was a bad day this week, but other days this week have been good. Um, I also am kind of up and down this year has been, I mean, I'm not going to shock anyone that I say it's been a hard year. And so, um, it's been a lot to take on. And I've also been trying to kind of be gentle with myself because the expectations have to be different and... You know, as much as I, like, want to be the girl that I, read, like, follow on my Instagram that's, like, I wake up at 4 a.m. So that I can exercise and then I get my meditation hour and then I have a smoothie. with, And I'm, like, oh, my gosh. I've had to, like, take that stuff out of my life right now because, um, yeah, I'm more in the, like, if I can feed myself and sleep, like, we're doing okay. Yeah. So
0: I think everybody just kind of needs to... We have these ridiculous standards, and a lot of it is social media, like seeing people putting these ideal versions of themselves out that makes you think that you have to be that all the time. And it's like, first of all, no one's really like that. Mm -hmm. And second of all, even if there are some people that are just really on top of their morning routine, they probably have lots of other problems. Mm -hmm. There's probably other areas of their life that they're, like, totally struggling in. Definitely. Uh, You know, so it's like... Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there was a there was like some image I saw recently of an apple. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just <laughs> immediately laughing at this, which I'm trying to be serious. There's an apple in front of a mirror and it says it's about like what social media shows and the apple sees the mirror and it's like a, you know, it's a perfectly crisp looking apple hasn't been touched. And the other side of the apple has been like a huge bite out of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it just like kind of shows it like this is the side we show and we don't show the other sides. And a lot of times in social media, that's what people do. They're like building their brand almost I mean right. which is absurd you know, that,
0: that sentence always makes me want to puke <laughs> I'm sorry whenever am like yeah I'm building my brand I'm like <laughs> especially like what, you know it.
1: like 40 people like what brand are you building like yeah. also just see it seems so gross but yeah people do that and then it just you know and then when you read that and see that over and over again it perpetuates this cycle in your head that like this is what I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. or I'm not doing this so I'm worthless this, the, this the same thing with the productivity for myself is I'll see things online and be like, man, okay, like, I guess I need to put this in, in high gear. But really, I guess mine isn't as much like that. It's it's my own personal battles. It's like having such absurdly high expectations for myself. That it's like, if I don't meet those expectations, I have failed. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, well, then you're always going to fail. Like, you're always going to feel like you failed because you're never meeting those expectations. And then it could be those expectations for social media and what you see there. So it just as a endless cycle of sadness there.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think social media breaks are really good if you're going through it. Mm-hmm. I've been kind of taking one from Instagram for a while. I've just been a TikTok girl lately. Sure. I just want to see every every TikTok of every puppy oh. um, ever made, and it never makes me feel bad. Sure. But when I check Instagram, it just I do have some people I follow that are more like social justice oriented, or they're more about like you know sharing honestly about their like the bad things in their life as well as the good and I really appreciate those folks but then every other story is like a highlight reel or you know they're they're just certain accounts that kind of trigger me where I'm just like oh, I can't I yeah. can't even see this I just can't do it
2: yeah I mean I will I will give a quick you know plus side of of social media I also do love that there is so much out there that's like oh here's my fitness routine and my kale smoothie recipe but i also follow like a ton of accounts that are like like humor about mental health stuff for example yeah which i don't know sounds kind of uh i don't know like politically incorrect or whatever but like something about having a joke made of something that i experienced and being like oh this is also something you know 10,000 people have liked this post so they clearly get it um or like gentle reminders i saw one this week that was this guy like carrying a super heavy boulder and the boulder was labeled like pandemic social unrest like everything that's going on this week and then his word bubble was like why am I feeling so tired and I'm like yeah. oh my god yes like thank you I needed somebody to create a physical you know reminder of something that I think is kind of what we all been talking about like yeah it's reasonable that maybe our goals for today are include a nap because it has been a hard time and so I do like those moments as much as I As much as I agree, social media break is necessary to to maintain sanity sometimes. It's also, I don't know, kind of been a good thing for me.
1: You tried to recruit me to Instagram, I remember, because mm-hmm. we went on a walk together, mm-hmm. one of my walkie talkies. Nice. And you showed me an Instagram post. was like, you're like, no, no, they have like mental health stuff, but it's like funny stuff too. Yeah. And there was one like, it was like this this woman had said, like, how's everyone doing? And it was like, I'll go first. I'm terrible or something like <laughs> I that. Didn't didn't do that. Like, I was like, all right, I like that. Those are
2: my favorite. Like, hey guys, what's everyone doing today? Uh, I'll start. I'm dad.
0: <laughs> um, that's me and every, meeting or
2: yeah the other ones that I like are like there's the ones that are like brackets me at a concert musician
0: how's everybody doing
2: tonight me quietly in the back things have actually been really hard right now (laughs) like things like that I don't know something about the funny way of presenting that I'm like oh yeah okay I can handle this
1: yeah, I like to joke about it, and I, I know that makes people feel a little awkward, especially joking about like my mental health and mental illness and stuff like that. And I, I will say that whenever I've made jokes about like suicide stuff, because I've had personal connection with it, obviously, uh, that those jokes don't go over so well. So <laughs> they make
0: other people uncomfortable.
1: They make people real uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Except like people who have been suicidal exactly. or had suicidal ideation. Like I, I like a good suicide joke sometimes, because if you've been through it, then. It's like, yeah, finally, like, it it's cathartic to laugh about it. Yeah. When
2: we took our walkie-talkie and we <laughs> walked the Big Four Bridge, and I was like, I knew that, obviously, you had um, a history of, of suicide, but I made a joke about it, and it was the kind of thing that was like, this is going to go really poorly or really bad, and so we were walking up to the Big Four Bridge, and I was like, No Emory, if we get up on this bridge you're not going to jump right (laughs) and luckily like you died and I was like okay that could have gone really really badly I didn't die I laughed okay died laughing I need to be clear yes but I've always told my friends that I'm like as long as I'm making jokes about like minor inconveniences making me need to go lay in traffic I'm probably good when you guys hear me stop making those jokes like that's when you're worried Yeah, Yeah.
1: I have a few friends that I text here and there. I mean, that group text, too. A few group texts, and it's just like, I'll make certain jokes, and I'm like, okay, this might be some of the wrong audience for this like I know like I can say like weird twisted messed up jokes to my dad and he's like yes I get it I like this but then like some people I'm like they're going to take it a little too seriously so I just have to be like you know this is I'm happy if I'm making these jokes that's a good thing yeah like you want me to make these twisted messed up jokes yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: and I think because you've been through it then you've in some way earned that right to joke yeah. about it definitely
1: yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I mean, like Carly's joke was that was perfect. That was what I needed to hear, because everybody that I would go on those walkie talkies with, are like, you know, it's like a somber thing. And they're like, you know, trying to cheer me up. And Carly's like, hey, I am going to make a pretty wild joke <laughs> right off the bat. And I was like, all right, I like this because that's my humor has always been kind of weird and dark, twisted, mm-hmm. awkward and comfortable. Like, I love that stuff. So, yeah, I, I was all about it. Yeah, thanks, Carly.
2: Hey, no problem. I'm always here to <laughs> take things. I would into have laughed if I was dangerous there. Dangerous yeah. territory. You know what?
1: I didn't jump off the bridge. And then she bought me ice cream when we got across the bridge. Yay!
2: <laughs> yeah, you know.
1: That's the way to my heart. I'm like seven years old. Just buy me some ice cream. It's like yeah.
2: Positive reinforcement. Like, thank yep. you for not killing yourself. Here's some ice cream. <laughs> here's,
1: some ice, here's your reward. Yeah.
0: So yeah, we talked about that. Like, some people sent you like gifts, like s- suicide gifts. Like, sorry you almost (laughs) killed yourself, here is a t-shirt from Hawaii. (laughs) But
2: then that's great, because then the next time you were like, should I kill myself, you're like, well, if I don't, I could get some ice cream and some Hawaii swag (laughs) out of this. There you go.
1: And if I'm public about it, they're gonna give me
2: gifts.
1: (laughs) Because I've always been very public on my social media about my mental health stuff, Oh,
2: have you? I haven't noticed the really, (laughs) really long posts. <laughs> like, well, it starts with my great great grandfather, Henry the First. All right,
1: Carly's calling me out right now. Sorry, yeah, sorry. It's very difficult for me to write a short post. Mm-hmm. So I write very lengthy posts that explain everything in all details, but. <laughs> It helps me, though.
2: That's good. I love that you can, you know, be that open with the world. I mean, obviously, I don't do that, which is why I... I
1: actually forgot my point, what I was saying, because Carly (laughs) made fun of me. I was like, I have a really good point to make. And then Carly's like, yeah, it started with my (laughs)
0: great-great-grandfather. Where's the lie, though?
1: (laughs) All right, it's pretty true. (laughs) Okay, did
0: you make your point? Yeah.
1: I don't even remember what it was.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure it was really good
1: it was probably really good but then I got made fun of and well, I, we'll
2: save it for after the but break like then casual roasting is I think a uh-huh. hallmark of a good relationship
1: that's what my family is all yeah. about yes. like my I remember somebody commented about my family she was like you all are like kind of mean to each other. And I was like, no, 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 we're not mean to each other at all. This is just like how we show love.
2: That's how we keep each other in check.
1: We keep each other in check. And like, I know that, you know, people can build up my self-esteem and ego all the time. But if I go and hang out with my family and somebody else comes with me, like they're gonna hear stories yeah. that are really embarrassing and shameful.
2: <laughs> Probably, but that's how it is. That's how a good family is. But then mm-hmm. if someone else says that stuff about your family, you're like, how dare you say that about my family? <laughs> Only person allowed yeah. to be that mean to my family is me.
1: That's right. <laughs> So. I'll throw you off this bridge.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, we're going to a break. <laughs> right, on that note,
0: <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. Be right back.
1: Two nuts in a Pot is a program dedicated to talking about the real stuff. The stigma of mental illness, how we tend to our mental health, and how our brains define and empower us. Hosted by Lizzie and Emory, Two Nuts in a Pod can be found on podcast streaming devices such as iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and CastBox. In addition to podcast streaming services, Two Nuts in a Pod is a proud member of Forward Radio. 65 WFMPLP is committed to broadcasting the voices of those groups and individuals in our community who are routinely ignored by the mainstream media, promoting understanding and collaboration among diverse groups, supporting our efforts to network, organize, and strengthen our community and our democracy. Forward Radio is a volunteer powered, listener supported station, and we need your contributions. Just go to forwardradio.org to donate or get involved.
0: All right, so we're back. We missed you guys while we were gone, as usual.
1: It was awful.
0: Yeah, it was terrible, but we, but we did have some great chats. We made fun of Emory some more for his sweatshirt.
1: All right, that's why it was
0: terrible. Okay, <laughs> that's why it was bad for him. <laughs> Please leave me alone. But uh, in this next next part of the episode, Carly, we like to hear more from you. And the first thing that we like to ask guests is like, what made you feel comfortable to come on the show? Like, what made you feel? Because it is like you talked about before, like it's a scary thing to
2: talk yeah. about your feelings. Well, I All feel like that
0: presupposes
2: that I do feel comfortable to be on this show, which <laughs> is not uh, necessarily the case. Um, but I do think that talking about mental health is important. Um, and I work as an attorney here at a law firm. And um, I was pretty rocked in the past month. Uh, there were four attorneys from Christmas until A month after Christmas that committed suicide in Kentucky and I think that's because I work in a field where it is not talked about um I mean it's talked about in the sense it's like you know guys if you ever need if you ever feel down like let us know but that is not talked about nearly as much as the importance of billing hours and you know, being good at what you do, and so I think I work at a really high-stress job. Um, so, yeah, I'm nervous, but feels like things that are uncomfortable, hopefully, even if I'm out of my comfort zone, I feel like that's where growth and progress gets to happen. So, even though I feel like I'm gonna throw up a little bit, I'm here <laughs> to talk about some, some feelings.
0: Yes, good. Well, thank you for being brave enough to come on the show, and it is nerve-wracking. Um, we're, we're used to it now. We just basically will overshare about our mental health to anybody who will listen. But
1: yeah, the like, first
0: time you start doing it, it's it's scary.
1: I'll go up to people on the street and just talk to them about my mental health. They're like, hey, do you want to know about me and why I'm sad all the time? No. <laughs> and they're I'm, like, no, I don't.
2: <laughs> I still am like very much a place where I feel like my mental health is inconvenient. Um, definitely for myself, it, things would be way easier for me if I wasn't... Uh, crazy and also I feel like it's inconvenient for other people like I mentioned earlier that on Wednesday I had a really bad day and I tend to uh, process best with other people but in moments when I'm having like a mental health crisis I'm like nobody wants to deal with this right now like nobody wants me to interrupt their day and be like I'm sad like I literally when I was walking I saw a friend of mine uh, who works at West Six, the brewery right by my house, and I just like couldn't go speak to her because I was like, I'm gonna cry. She's not gonna know what to do. Like, this is just like she doesn't want to deal with this, and she's one of my closest friends. And so, um, I think having a community of people that not only are like willing to hear about your problems, but are like, please, yes, tell us about them, is almost refreshing because I'm. I'm so nervous to, like, unload on other people and feel like I am, I don't know, inconveniencing them. A
1: burden. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I
2: don't want to be a burden. And I'm like, this isn't fun to talk about. No one's like, hey, let's talk about depression. Like, that's not a good dinner table topic. So
1: actually
2: I would I love talking about it. Yes. Yeah, so. We love it. <laughs> okay, well then maybe honor <laughs> burden us, happens.
0: please.
1: <laughs> please unload your burdens. Yeah.
2: So, I'm happy to be here and uh, have that opportunity.
0: So, tell us about your kind of mental health story, like yeah. when it started and kind of how it's materializing now, just wherever you want to go with it. Okay. Um, you know, I was kind of thinking about this because
2: I don't really remember having mental health issues as a kid. Like was I okay at one point? I don't know. Maybe I just didn't know, um, I don't know, kind of the cause of ways that I felt, but really I had like a really good childhood and um, like even I went to therapy. Uh, my older brother died when I was 16 and they sent us therapy after. And like, even then I was like, why am I a therapist? Cause I'm, you know, like I'm fine. Yeah. That- sucked and I was sad but I didn't really feel like I needed to talk things out um, and then I guess the first kind of manifestation of, of actual issues came at the end of my college uh, I was a senior in college and I knew I wanted to go to law school so I was studying for the LSAT taking a full load of courses I had multiple jobs and was trying to maintain a long distance relationship and I started getting like like, physically ill. Like, I would have unexplained stomach issues. I had a stomach ulcer at one point. And I was just... Jeez. Yeah. Couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And I uh, now, looking back, I know that those were all manifestations of just severe anxiety. But um, I didn't know that until one day. I actually had a, a panic attack in, in my car, which was really scary. Because uh, I had to mm. kind of pull to the side of the road. Because I was like crying and hyperventilating and um so that was kind of the first time that I didn't feel quite right um but I think it's also it's easy to make all of that situational like yeah I was anxious like all of these anxious things are happening of course but um that was the first time that I've been like this is more than I think that I should feel um so I did not immediately uh, address that necessarily. I I did start seeing a therapist kind of on and off. And I didn't want to get medicated at first because I don't know why. For some reason I didn't. I was in law school and I didn't want to be taking any kind of chemical. I don't know.
0: Some Um, people are just, you know, weirded out by it. And that's fine, too. Yeah. And I also think that I had some
2: kind of notion in my mind that, like, this was something that could be dealt with like it wasn't like something was wrong with me. It was like, Oh, these situations are hard. So if I have the right, you know, if I have the right coping mechanisms and I can, I can deal with this. Um, And then I guess, so that's like anxiety was first. And then depression came really after law school. I had a a year that I, I lived in Owensboro, Kentucky, or I lived there for two years. The first year was really, really hard. And I've Again, like, a lot of it was situational, but then I realized that things were happening more than I could control. Um, So I would find myself, like, for example, I could still go to work, but after work, I would just, like, get stuck physically, like, paralyzed in places, like, on my couch where I... I'm just thinking in my head about all of these things that I want to be doing and I should be doing and I'm visualizing myself doing it, but I'm like, you know, the chicken in my freezer, I think it's been there for it has been there for three days and it would take this long to unthaw and if I take my dog on a walk and we go to that park, it's gonna take 45 minutes and I don't think it's gonna be in time if I also wanna watch that TV. And like literally just non-issues yeah. suddenly became like debilitating. Mm-hmm. And so that was when I finally got medicated for both depression and anxiety um, and was meeting regularly with a therapist because that's when I started to feel, I think, like I joke, I say this as a joke all the time to my friends, but like that's when I started to feel broken. Like my brain is broken and my Therapist Barb tells me not to say that, and instead it's like there's a, my brain and my body aren't communicating. Mm-hmm. Um, but since then, I think that I was doing better, and obviously 2020 like changed the game on yeah. everybody. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a hard year, and quarantine was really, really difficult for me. Um, because like I said, I process really a lot through other people. So just sitting at my house, it wasn't that I was like, just needed, you know, I feel like people say extroverts is like, do you energize through other people? It wasn't that I couldn't energize, but like, it's like I couldn't even process the world happening if I was doing it by myself. And like entire days would go by when I would just be like, did today even happen? Hmm. Now I'm in a place where I have bad days and I think that I'm okay with admitting that to the people close to me most days I can get out of bed and really I think what's helped me this year particularly is I have found a way to personify my anxiety and my depression which is kind of weird to think about you know it's like a total therapist thing like tell me what do you visualize but like yeah I've drawn pictures of mine before I I love it I have pictures of them on this little notes things that I drew so auntie Nancy is my um, anxiety and she in my picture she kind of looks like do you remember that show Rugrats where they had that doll where the hairs were just standing straight up? Yes. Cynthia. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. That is how, that's how my anxiety looks. Like, Cynthia, <laughs> Angelica's doll on Rugrats. So, Auntie Nancy,
1: Nancy is fun. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but she's a mess. Uh, and then my depression is Debbie Downer. And... Uh, She's like the SNL character, the like, womp, womp, womp.
1: That is one of my favorite SNL skits because of the characters breaking. Yes. It absolutely. is unbelievable to it's watch. That. The one at Disneyland is incredible to watch.
2: Totally agree. Um, but, anyways, uh, so yeah, it's been kind of nice this year to personify them in a way that has gotten them separated from myself in my mind so that. You know, like when I'm having days, like you mentioned earlier, like I'm feeling so unproductive today. I didn't do anything I need to do. It's almost like I can let myself acknowledge, like, I want to do those things. But like, Debbie Downer is literally like bear hugging me on my couch and like, I can't get up right now. And it almost is somehow makes it feel like it's, it's, not me that is the force acting against my my self-interest because that's one thing that really makes me like spiral is when i'm feeling unlogical and unreasonable and i'm like this makes no sense i'm doing these actions that i know are going to make things worse and i'm doing them anyways like why can't i get out of bed you would feel better if you got up and so something about being able to be like listen i want to get out of bed obviously but like debbie downer she's like being a real she's being a real biatch and she's like got me in a wrestling hold and i can't get out right now and something about that has made it um yeah just i don't know easier to visualize this year so
0: like it takes the blame off of you too i think it's it's really easy to blame yourself when when you feel like you know you're not doing the things you want to do or you're acting against your self-interest but it's like obviously you would never like make a logical decision to act against your self-interest exactly it's your emotions are driving yeah they're driving the car oh my
2: god i say that who's driving the car i um yeah no i because i talk about that with my friends after i'll have like a really bad depression day i'll be like listen today baby girls in the driver's seat i'm in charge like i'm going to work i'm gonna be in charge today like get in the back seat debbie downer like you're
1: nancy nancy
2: nancy nancy get in the back seat and then other days i'm like like on wednesday i remember having this like actual visual moment where i felt like i was in the back seat of a car and Nancy Nancy and Debbie Downer were like fighting over the steering wheel and I was like oh my god you guys are gonna wreck this car if you don't like one of them's pulling it this way and the other one's trying to go the other way and I was like I'm gonna crash if this car if you guys don't stop fighting over the wheel like please let me out of here so um yeah that's been kind of a new thing for me this year but I did I literally drew bios of my anxiety and my depression and like what their full names are and where they're from. Like, <laughs> Nancy Nancy's from my LSAT prep testing center. Like, that's where she was, born. like, born in <laughs> her, yeah. And, like, she hates, you know, like, self-care and, you know, bath bombs and stuff like that. But she loves, like, self-doubt and competition that I make up in my head. And uh, they're almost like little, like, You imagine, like, a video game, like, choose your fighter. It's like, (laughs) Debbie Downer,
0: standing at, you know, five foot two, rarely ever gets out of bed. (laughs) Do you ever do the thing, too, where you think about what their logic is? Mm -hmm. Like, Debbie Downer is just maybe trying to protect me because I'm super overwhelmed right now and I need to, like, shut down. Yeah, I think that if
2: I kind of think about it in terms of, like, what she feeds off of, like, it makes me, like we said earlier, like, rationalize what I'm doing that to me is inherently irrational. Like, if I am feeling depressed, rationally in my rational mind, I'm like, I will feel better if I wake up right now and go for a walk. But I can't do that even if my brain's telling myself to do that my body's like nah so if I can think of it in a term of like well Debbie Downer like she thrives under these covers Mm -hmm. like this is where she really like gets you know a feast of just like sadness and self-pity um it makes a kind of inherent recognition that there are parts of myself that I'm separating from myself by calling it this name but acknowledging that it's 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 a part of me like Debbie Downer, Downer and Nancy Nancy are both like they live inside my body so sometimes I'm going to be acting in their interest even though I don't want to be um so yeah it makes me makes me less pissed at myself on the days that I can't get out of bed
0: yeah
1: I think the power of just being able to recognize it you're able to personify it and recognize and understand it I think that's really powerful because as you said when you were younger you probably didn't see those things or didn't Mm -hmm. see the signs but now I feel like it's just so much more powerful that you can actually recognize it and be able to place those emotions into and and be able to personify them so I think that's really cool
0: yeah you kind of did that with your depression too with the monster.
1: Yeah, mine is metaphor. mine is the monster. Um, yeah, I, that's when when I was in group therapy. I remember uh, after my hospitalization, it was like a lot of like art therapy, and I was always like, art therapy, whatever. Mm-hmm. I scoffed <laughs> at that, and then I started doing art therapy, and I was like, I actually really like this. <laughs> uh, and it was a lot of like drawing the monster, and mm-hmm. it was just it made it so much more freeing, and I felt so much more power over it. And uh, I hadn't felt that for a while, so that was really a great experience. But yeah, I definitely had to personify my monster. I mean, one was just like, I drew a picture of a monster at a playground. Like, this monster's giant, looming, dark figure is playing at the playground, and I'm at my house coming outside to go play with the monster. And it was to say like, hey, like this monster isn't that scary. Like, I've always made it to be this thing that's gonna terrify me, it's gonna kill me, all these awful things. Why don't I just like, engage it every now and then and i think even with your depression and anxiety debbie downer and Auntie nancy like it makes them less scary
0: yeah it helps me when i drew pictures of them my anxiety is it, it's just like looks like a rabbit just has really huge ears and huge eyes because it's like overstimulated all the time mm-hmm. and then my depression was just like like eyes barely open just like totally like just looked brain dead kind of thing yeah but i haven't named them i'm gonna think about that
1: yeah there's a, there's a show that does a really so it's the show Big Mouth which is on Netflix. Oh yeah, it does a really good job talking about a lot of mental health issues, and I was I was very surprised by that. Like they had like certain things that were like personified with like animals or creatures that represented certain types of mental disorders. And I thought was I was really surprised because they did that with anxiety. It was like a mosquito, and like depression was like a, a large cat. You know, even though that's disrespectful to our cats, whatever. <laughs> but but yeah, it does a really good job doing that
2: yeah it's been it's been good I think that like I said even though it's still me like debbie downer in my brain kind of looks like the worst version of myself that like never gets out of bed and she's just like covered in like taco wrappers from <laughs> I don't know why but she loves tacos and like can't eat healthy food but yeah she she is me and she's part of me but there are parts of me that aren't always on my team um and if you know auntie nancy's like really acting up one day i might have to kick her in the back seat because like sometimes i gotta drive if like i've got a big assignment due at work i'm driving today so
0: that's been so like what do you do on the days when you know debbie downer is there Mm -hmm. or auntie nancy is there Mm -hmm. and there's no fighting it like, what are some of the ways that you cope with your anxiety and depression? Just, like, it could be self-care things yeah. or, like, things you tell yourself.
2: So, I think it's kind of different for, for depression and anxiety. Um, kind of amongst their, like, their bios, like I described, There's there's a running list of things that they hate. Like, Debbie Downer hates fresh air, hates exercise, hates, you know a comfort meal with friends. And so I think that there's either the option of trying to stifle them by just covering them th- with things that they hate.
0: Mm.
2: Or there are days when I have the time or space to just like let them let them do their thing for a second. Like if I don't have something absolutely necessary and like Debbie Downer's bear hugging me on the couch like could i give myself permission to be there for 45 extra minutes in the morning like yeah and sometimes that's what i need and i haven't really found necessarily you know the perfect balance for for all of that um haven't figured out how to make it go away or turn into happiness at the end of the day um again if anyone has the recipe for that like please write us in because yeah (laughs) if uh if I had the answers, I would give them, but uh typically I, I mean, every day so far, I've decided that I'm gonna make it till the end of the day. Yeah, And yeah, it's harder than sometimes than others, but um, I have a really good support system here in Louisville, so that's been, you know, probably one of the biggest factors um, animals are one of my number one coping ne- mechanisms. Uh, like I said, my, my dog now lives with my parents, but if I've had a hard day at work, like I'll just drive over there and just burying my face, like in a dog is the closest thing to like serotonin that I've been able to produce so far. Yeah. Um, so those are some of my coping mechanisms of you know varied levels of success and i want to be clear that I, I feel like i'm giving advice here which i need to give the world's largest disclaimer for like i'm very crazy like don't listen to me if you want to be not advice. crazy because i am crazy uh so yeah i'm not coming at this from like an expert perspective because uh don't have it figured out
0: Sometimes I I just, like, indulge in the depression or anxiety. Sometimes it's just, like, so overpowering that I'm just, like, okay. Like, you're making the rules right now. What do I need to do to, like, create a space where you can exist? And, you know, I guess it's kind of like a mindfulness thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I did this, like, mindful self-compassion therapy where it's just kind of, like, you recognize the feeling and just say, like, something like, ouch, this hurts, Yeah, like this is painful. And then you think about the fact that you're not alone in the feeling. So lots of people have felt like this, Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not the only one. Um, And then you show yourself kindness by just saying like, may I forgive myself for this? Mm -hmm. Like, may I just kind of write this day off? And you know, because sometimes I think fighting against it can, can make it rear its head more Absolutely. like some days yeah some days you just can't fight it you just have to let it be and that's that sucks but
2: yeah no being mad at myself for the way that I'm feeling definitely makes me just kind of spiral further because you know if you're feeling a way that's incongruent with how you want to feel it, it, it something about that just makes me more mad at myself which makes me more anxious which makes me just like go down this rabbit hole where i i agree with you i think if you do give yourself the space to be like yeah maybe today is a day where like i'm feeling off that can
0: be a lot easier on on myself all right so um thank you for sharing all that carly i think it's great advice and i'm gonna personify mine my anxiety and depression for sure But we're at that time in the show where we need to switch over to gratitudes. Mm -hmm. So this is where we take some time. We've talked about a lot of hard stuff, but this is where we take some time to talk about the stuff that's really like giving us life and and keeping us going. So gratitudes. What do you guys got?
1: I can go first. I am very grateful for my roommate, my housemate, uh, Brennan. His name is Brennan. He, uh, there was a thing. So we built a fire pit in our backyard and we left like all the supplies and we had so many like pieces of brick laid over all over the, across the yard. And he actually one day just cleaned it all up and put it back together and took care of the backyard. And it just looks really nice. And it was just like a, you know, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting myself to have to do that. And I was like, okay, I'm not looking forward to this, but it was just a nice little gesture to do. I was like, Oh, this is really cool, man.
0: Thanks. What a gemstone. Yeah. Nice. Mm. That's a good one. What about you, Carly?
2: Um, I'm grateful. I don't know. I didn't prepare for this one. And the first thing that came into my mind was like, I'm grateful for every dog and cat that exists in the entire world because they bring me joy every single day. And yeah, grateful to you, for you all for having me and for asking me questions that I don't get asked about a lot.
0: Cool. Well, today, I'm grateful for two things. One of them is um, a podcast that I'm now re-listening to. It's called Crazy Semicolon In Bed. It's two uh, female comedians who they talk about their own like eating disorders and anxiety and depression. And they have different comedians on the show to talk about it. And um, I found that in in my really anxious and depressed states that I've been dealing with lately that that's a very like healthy thing for me to do is to listen to that um and the other thing I'm really thankful for is for my pharmacist so I actually realized recently that my pharmacist actually like not only knows who I am, but, like, knows who I am well enough to be annoyed by me. (laughs) So, I'm like, the last time I went to pick up a medication, she was, like, cleaning out the bin I was doing the drive-through, and she kind of gave me, like, this eye, and then she walked away for a second, and then a different pharmacist came up to help me. (laughs) I was like, oh, snap, you do really know me, because you are actually annoyed by me. Perfect. (laughs) but I'm like, she works a lot, so... And unfortunately, I'm on a lot of pills, so she just, she has to see this face. You're keeping her in business. Exactly. I'm keeping her busy. So pharmacist, thank you. I do really appreciate your tireless work. And I know that I'm annoying sometimes, and I'm sorry, (laughs) because I have a lot of questions. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's our time for today. Again, Carly, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you all. Yes. Thank you, Carly. This has been fun. Alright, guys, keep talking about your feelings. Bye! Bye! Original theme music for Two Nuts in a Pod was composed by Neil Lucas.